0: place today. i mm-hmm.
1: Jesus deserves to be worshiped today. Amen. Hallelujah. He deserves to be. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for him coming to this earth. Literally for you coming to this earth in the form of Jesus. For in him all the fullness of the Godhead dwelled in bodily form. And we thank you, Lord, that you died on the cross. You shed your blood so that we could be forgiven of our sins we have not been purchased by something cheap like silver and gold but we have been purchased by the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and for that we give praise and we give honor and we give glory and one day we will stand before you Lord with every kindred every nation in every tribe people from around this world from all of history and, and that which is yet to come, and we will stand before you, and we will throw our crowns at your feet, and we will just give you praise and glory for all that you have done for us. Everything that we have, everything that we have, you have given to us. Every good and every perfect gift comes from you. So, Lord, we want to now worship you as we give to you out of our abundance in how you have blessed us. Take our tithes and offerings and gifts and bless them. Give us wisdom to use them to expand your kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We, uh, Nick, could you put the house lights up for them, please? Thank you. You can put them all the way. There you go. Great. Thank you. Okay, as I mentioned earlier, we have a full day, and, um, and so I wanted, uh, we need to take care of a couple things. Two things which I enjoy doing very much. Um, there are some jobs that you have as a pastor that you enjoy more than others, and these two are two that I enjoy doing. Um, first of all, I'm going to ask, uh, I'm going to ask Sue to come up, Sue, Sue Stromberg, you, you may find your way up. Sue has said to me, uh, she's been, uh, coming here for, for a while. She went back to Minnesota for a little bit, sold her property and moved down here permanently. And, and, uh, she worships with us every Sunday, comes to Wednesday night Bible study. And she said, you know what I'd like to do? I'm bigger than you now. You are. <laughs> I'll, I'll catch you later. I'm still bigger than you. <laughs> Most uh, people are. That's, we're always the last people to know it's raining. That's true. Yeah, you because know, we're short.
0: It hurts hard more, too. Huh? It hurts more. When well, it, it has to fall, fall further, know. you know,
1: when it hits. I, I understand that. Mm-hmm. She asked if uh, she would like to become a uh, a member of the church, officially become a member of the church. Now, we do things... We do things a little differently here. You know, the only prerequisite uh, for being, uh, being a part of our church is that you, were, that you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you've been baptized. And, uh, and so we're happy to welcome you into our fellowship. And uh, I'm going to shake your hand. Oh, I thought you were just standing there. <laughs> I'm really... I told you I'd be good today, so I'm just trying to be... And you just can't imagine how hard this is for her to just be good. <laughs> it is. We have a lot of fun on Wednesday. We have a lot of fun on Wednesday nights. We really do. And, you, uh, and I just appreciate you uh, coming to church here. I appreciate you um, wanting to become a part of our fellowship. And uh, we're just, uh, we'll just wait anxiously to see what, how God wants to use you as you serve the Lord out of, out of this small part of the body of Christ and uh, so i welcome you here thank you. and uh, after the service um, if you'd come back and stand with mary and i i'd like to give everybody an opportunity to uh, uh to shake your hand and welcome you that uh, you know, that, that are members of the church because now you're just an official part of us. okay wow. we're stuck with you and you're stuck with us that's exciting <laughs> thank yes. you let me just pray for you okay father i just want to thank you for sue and i thank you for what you're you have done and are doing in her life and uh, Lord, I thank you that, uh, that she's chosen and said, I would like to serve the Lord in whatever capacity he has for me out of Community Bible Chapel. And so we just welcome her into our fellowship and we ask your blessing to be upon her and may you guide and direct her into um, whatever sort of service, whatever sort of ministry that you have planned for her. <clears throat> we thank you, Lord, that you, you are always at work. Jesus said, my father is always at work. And Lord, I just pray that you will now help her find those places and join you in that work. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Lord, bless Thank you. you. Okay, we have one other thing to do, and this one, this one, I've gotten to do. Um, let's see, I've had the privilege of doing this at least ten times in my own family, in my own family, just in my own family. I, with my three children, and uh, with uh, uh, with my seven grandchildren, and uh, that is we are uh, we're going to have a baby dedication, and uh, uh, Aaron and uh, Amy uh, have uh, said that they would like to dedicate Mila today, and so uh, if you haven't noticed, the uh, uh, the entire La uh clan is here, and. Uh, And and so, uh, there. If you guys would come, Amy and uh, Aaron. Oh yes, and bring Mila too. That would be that'd be great. And and the rest of the family can please come up and join the rest of the of your of your family. Come on, gentlemen, ladies. Don't be shy. Well, that just emptied out the audience, didn't it? That would be nice. Looks like we're together. Okay, Aaron, <coughs> Aaron, Naomi, if you if you would come and face me, dearly beloved, we are getting off. <laughs> You the already did that part. <laughs> did that part. I,
0: did.
1: <laughs> I, just, I just couldn't resist that. I, I, just, I just couldn't resist that. I do? Uh, <laughs> well, you, you actually are going to answer we do, but uh, <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Let me just a uh, word of explanation about, about uh, baby dedication. Uh, we do not baptize babies because we believe that baptism is reserved for those who have the ability. The ability to understand that they have uh, that they have have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, and baptism is a is a an outward witness of what God has already done in in, our, in their heart. Uh, what we do is we have a baby dedication, and really the baby dedication is more about you guys than it is about Mila, okay? Because because you guys have have you have a beautiful daughter. And you have been saddled, if you will, with an awesome responsibility. It's an awesome responsibility that she will one day, you will bring her up in, in an atmosphere that one day of her own free will, she will realize that she needs Jesus as her Lord and Savior, and she will accept him. That, that's, a, that's your primary responsibility there. Yes, you're going to feed her, of course, you're going to clothe her, you're going to change her. Her diapers. You're going to do all those things. But the main purpose is for you to show her the way. Okay? Not only in words that you speak, but in the life that you live. Okay? And when she sees that, then she's going to respond to that when she gets to an age where she can properly understand it. Okay? So I just have a few questions for you. Um, And if you'll answer them, please, we will we'll continue. All right. Almighty God has been gracious to you in giving you the gift of this child. Do you now present your child before God in dedication? Okay. Is it your purpose to bring up your child in the ways of the Lord? Yes. Okay. Will you continue to love each other and the child God has given you so that he or she... I'll just leave the he out there. She will experience the meaning of trust and grace. Will you endeavor to provide a Christian home and atmosphere for your child? Will you teach her in the Christian faith and way, surround her with Christian influences through the church and other relationships, and encourage her to faith in Jesus Christ? Very good. Now, this is the part I like the best. (laughs) I get to hold the baby. "Uh And yes, I've done this lots of times. Mila, La Ravier, we dedicate you to the glory of God. One day, you will come to know Jesus as your Savior and all the plans that God has for you will come to fruition. I pray that for you. And now, I'm going to hand you to your grandfather and he's going to pray a prayer blessing over you.
2: Father, I thank you this morning for this child, God. For this child, I have prayed, God, You have graciously delivered unto Amy and Aaron, God, a perfect child. Father, I thank you. And I pray now, Father, for this child, first, that she will grow up to be a perfect child, mature in the faith, casting her lot with the people of God, God, would be my prayer. Give her parents guidance, Father, I would pray, to set a godly example and a good example for her that they would live consistently in front of her, God, and be a challenge to her life. Father, we pray this. God, I pray that your continued favor would be upon them, that you would continue to walk with them, that you would continue to be the head of their home, Father. And I pray long life, God, in accordance with your word upon this child. May she be a crown of glory Upon her parents' head, God, would be my prayer. Honor this prayer now, God, according to your name's honor and glory. We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen.
1: (laughs) Amen. Amen. You did good. You did good. You did real good. (laughs) She's so precious. All right. Go ahead. You can sit. All right. Lord bless you. let's just have a word of prayer Father we thank you for bringing us together here we thank you for your word we thank you that in it lies our guide for faith and conduct we realize Lord that We don't just learn the word of God. It is revealed to us. Jesus said, when the spirit of truth comes, he will lead you into all truth. Holy Spirit, today we ask you that you would lead us into all truth. Reveal it to us by your spirit, to our spirit. And then Lord, help us to be doers of the word and not hearers only. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Last week we began to um, a study in the book of Romans. And while we are not going to necessarily try to be exhaustive in this and go in a verse-by-verse fashion, um, we are uh, there is just so much in the book of Romans. Uh, that uh, it, it's just filled with, with so many incredibly wonderful truths. And there's always a lesson for us. And, and we have to, as we read the, we read the book of Romans, we, we ha- as we read anywhere in the Bible, we realize that it was written for us. It was written to other people, but it was written for us. And that it, everything about the Word of God is for us. Even in the New Testament we read that all of the promises of God to Abraham are yes and amen in us. Okay, so we we don't say, oh, well, those promises were for, those promises were for in the Old Testament. You know, if God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he is, then what he wrote in the Old Testament uh, is... Is still applicable for today. Now, of course, I realize that when Jesus came and He died on the cross, He did away with the sacrifice, the sacrifices, and He did away with the law. But Jesus died on the cross, and He intended for His Spirit to indwell us. The Bible says in Romans chapter eight, and we'll get to that in in several weeks. He said, "So that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us." So, as we look at this. At Romans, and even today as we read part of Romans and we get into chapter 2, uh, it's going to sound as though Jesus uh, Paul is writing to Jewish people in Rome, and he is in many instances, but it's still for us today, and I want us to see that. So last week as we got into chapter 1 and we, we began to look at what uh, the importance of Viewing God in his, in his biblical character. In other words, we have no right to change who God is or how he, how he reacts or how he acts or the way he does things. He is God and he has revealed himself to us in his word. And Paul writes there and he says, part of the problem here is that there are those who have changed what God is like. And they have have lowered Him. They have brought Him down to a place where He is like... Well, they begin to make Him into animals. They, they, They worship the created instead of the Creator, He says. And He said the danger that happens when you begin to change your view of God and your view of God changes from what God has revealed Himself to be. There is going to be consequences that will come about because you, if you don't treat God as who He is, then you only have one way to go and that is down. And so we, we read that in, in, the, uh, uh, in the beginning there about Verse 20 or 21. So, uh, if you'll put that up on the board, um, that's it. Well, if you turn this on, it works better. Okay. Was that slide 11? Yeah. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Okay, so let's just read to pick us up. For all they, they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over to the sinful desires of their hearts, to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. Amen. That's where we left off last week. Let's continue. Now, again, I want to just reiterate, for those of you who may not have been here last week, I want to reiterate something. There are some things that are said in here, and there there are two great dangers. There there are some things that are said in Romans chapter 1, that many Christians have used to just blast people of a particular lifestyle in such a way as to make them less than human, um, to make them uh, less than being made in the image of God. They have uh, they use a, a, a couple of verses in here to, and that's all they get out of this whole passage of scripture. That's all they get out of it. And folks, the other danger is, is that you ignore those things and you just say they, they don't exist, or 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 Paul didn't know what he was talking about. They're in there for a reason. They're in there for us to look at and to understand. But if all you get out of it, and I'll just be as plain as I can be, I'm just going to be plain and frank, okay? I know, I'm Larry, but I'm going to be frank, okay? Let me just be frank. According to the Word of God, a homosexual lifestyle is a sin, okay? According to the Word of God, homosexual lifestyle is a sin. And that's really what he's talking about here. You'll see it in a moment as we go through the Word. Okay. It is not an unforgivable sin. It is, it is not an excuse for Christians to hate people that practice that lifestyle. It is, it is a call to us to love them with all of our hearts. Way Jesus loves them, and realize this. I'm going to say something here. You don't go to hell for being a murderer. You don't go to hell for being a thief. You don't go to hell for being an adulteress or an adulterer. Uh, You don't go to hell for being a homosexual. You go to hell if you don't accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Okay, that's the only the only thing that will keep a person out of heaven is their unforgiven sin. And Jesus is the only one that forgive. Now, if we can, as Christians, if we can get our focus. Okay, if we can get our focus on getting people to respond to the gospel of Jesus. Okay, see. Paul said earlier, I'm not ashamed of the Gospel. Why? It's the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. Everyone who believes. It's the power of God unto salvation. So as Christians, we need to change our focus on and stop trying to get unsaved people to behave like saved people. They can't. as a matter of fact hang on how much trouble do you have as a saved person to try and act like a saved person now you want now you want unsaved people to act better than you act and we're going to we're going to see that in just a moment So what do we do? We have to get our focus to change from trying to get people to change their behavior to get them to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Then the blood of Jesus can come in, can cleanse their sin just like He cleansed ours. And then the Holy Spirit will come in and dwell within them. And then the Holy Spirit can go to work on their hearts and change them from the inside. There will be no external behavior changes that will last forever. But the Spirit of God can change people. We have to change our focus. And so, if our focus is now going to be to get people to respond to Jesus, that has to change our our entire attitude and behavior toward people who live like, live like the devil and, and live, well, they live like they're unsaved. We have to change our attitude toward them and we have to love them into the kingdom of God. I've said it to you a hundred times. I will say it until the day I die. You will never hate anyone into the kingdom of God. And we just love people. Now listen, that's what our attitude has to be. But that doesn't take away from what Paul writes here. See, here's the thing. And again, I'm just going to be totally honest here. You see, people and Christians get sucked into this in the worst way. They really do. They get sucked into it. They, they want to do battle in the court. Folks, we don't do battle in the court. That's not, where, that's not where this is won. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We win the battle in the hearts of men and women. And that battle is won by the power of the Holy Spirit through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, listen. The Supreme Court right now is looking at this, this whole big... It's, it's, it's a big political thing. They've made it political. They're looking at this whole thing about, about same-sex marriages. Okay? And and Christians are getting all caught up. See, they've lost their focus. They've lost their focus about what they need to be doing. We need to be preaching the gospel, not fighting in the court. Because listen to me. If the court says it's okay, and everybody goes, oh, it's okay now. It's still not okay with God. And one day, we are all going to stand before God all by ourselves. The Bible says we will all stand before God and, he, and we will be judged according to our deeds in the body. So even though the highest court in the land, I don't care if they go to the world court. The Supreme Court says it's not okay. And so what what we have to do, folks, is in love, we we have to present the gospel so that people's lives can be changed because that's the only thing that's going to get them into heaven and and the only thing that's going to allow them to face God one day. Enough said on that. Enough said. But let's just read through this. Because because of this, and let me go back because you may have forgotten what you read or what we read. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, Because they did that, because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. Okay. Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, He gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. They have become filled. See, it wasn't just about that. Okay? See, there's other things that happened Because God gave them over to a depraved mind and to do things that aren't to be done and Here's what happens now. They have been filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips. Whoops. Whoa. They're in the same chapter as Homosexual sins, gossips, slanderers, God-haters, arrogant, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. Oh, in the same chapter? Say it's not so. They are senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. I don't know why this thing won't work. You, oh, you started working it and you, okay, keep going. Keep going, there you go. You went too far. Let me do it, it's working now, let me do it, okay. Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what not ought to be done. We did that one and we, okay, see it, quit working right there. Okay, go ahead, Tim, you do it. Keep going. One more. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. Now, 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 now we're going to get to the part that hits home. And, and, and it sounds as though Paul's writing to the Jewish people in Rome, and he is, but he's also writing to us. You see, it's, it's really easy, it's really easy for us as Christians to look at that, that previous set of verses from, from verse 20 on to the end of chapter 1 and go, yep, yep, I know, I get it. Those people are a mess. That's... Oh, can, you just, can you imagine? Can you just imagine what kind, what kind of people they are? See, because the Jewish people were guilty of that. The Jewish people looked at themselves as those who had the law. They, they looked at themselves as, as God's chosen people. There were, there were people that lived close to them and in their, in their same country that were, that were half Jewish. And they looked on them as dogs. They wouldn't even associate with them. They, they wouldn't have anything to do with them. They wouldn't talk to them. They were, they were considered the scum of the earth. They were called Samaritans. And Paul, Paul, writing here, he says to them, he says, you therefore ha- ha- have no excuse. You who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge the other, you are condemning yourself because you, you who pass judgment do the same things. Now here's, here's, where, we, here's where we jump up on our white stallion we we get on our high horse we jump up and we look and we go that's not me i don't get involved in those things why i never and when the arrogant attitude of That's them. That's them. I'm over here. It's like the the two people that were the Pharisee and and the publican that went into the temple to pray. And the publican was kneeling over the altar and he was banging his chest and he was saying, God have mercy on me, a sinner. And the and the Pharisee was standing over there going, Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that I'm not like Him. Jesus says, who do you think went away forgiven? He says here, you can't look at other people like that. You can't have that kind of that kind of condescending and judging attitude. Because listen, I'm going to tell you something. You all know this. You all know that God doesn't grade sin on a curve. You know that God doesn't have one sin over here that's just... Whew, it's up. But you know what? As, as Christians, when we read that passage of Scripture, that's what we do. We stick this one sin up here and we go, oh man... Those people are gonna get it. And and we just we just blithely go by those other sins like we the gossips and slanders and insolent and arrogant and haters of parents and envy and jealousy and strife and all of those things. Well, well, yeah, but that's not as bad as this. He's telling us, you don't get to point fingers. Listen to what he says. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such thing. Go ahead. Say it with me. Based. We're going to try that again. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. It's based on truth. He knows all the facts. He knows all the ins and outs. He knows everything about everything. His judgment is based on truth. When God brings judgment one day, or whenever He did in the past bring judgment, it was based on the fact that judgment needed to be made out, meted out. You understand that? He didn't just do it for the sake of doing it. Because His judgments are perfect. They're based on truth. So when you, a mere man, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt for the riches of His kindness, tolerance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness leads you toward repentance? there will be wrath and anger. (coughs) There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good, first for the Jew, and then for the Gentile. For God does not show favoritism. I'm I'm reading through that to get to a point because there's another point I want to make in our our time together. All who sin apart from the law will also perish apart from the law, and all who sin under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight. See, the problem here was, and God is speaking to us again, the problem here was, the Jewish people had the law, but they weren't keeping it. They had the law, but they weren't keeping it. So, what he's about to say to us is this. What good is the law if you don't keep it? And the same thing for us, folks. We have the Word of God. What good is the Word of God to us if we don't keep it. If we don't do what it says. So that's exactly what he's saying here. He's talking to the Jews, but he's talking to us. And you can say, well, I'm, I'm not sure what it says. Pick it up and read it. Every day. For it is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight, but it is those who obey the law who will be declared righteous. Indeed, when Gentiles who do not have the law, listen to this, when Gentiles who do not have the law do by nature things required by the law, they are a law for themselves even though they do not have the law, since they show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts, their consciences also bearing witness, and their thoughts now accusing, now even defending them. Listen to what he's saying. There are people... That, uh, do, do you know, do you know any, any good people that aren't Christians? Do, I mean, do you know any you know really nice people, really good people that do... You know, they're just they 're good people I mean as far as their outside beha- they're out, out, mani- they manifest good behavior they don 't kill people, they don 't steal you know they don 't lie they, you know they don't do a, they don't do a lot they 're good people, but they, you know they don't go to church they wouldn't profess Jesus as their savior but they're just they're good people folks what paul's saying here is the fact that they are doing good proves that The law is written on their heart. They know that there are things that are wrong. There are things that are inappropriate. There are things that are... They wouldn't call it sinful. They would just call it immoral. They would call it wrong. They would would just say it's, it's not appropriate behavior. They would get all kinds of fancy names. And so they don't do it. And he says, literally... Since they show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts, their consciences are bearing witness and their thoughts now accusing. They know there's something greater than themselves. They know that there is an appropriate way to act and they know that there are ways that not to act. This will take place on the day when God will judge men's secrets through Jesus Christ as my gospel declares, listen. Now, it, it, now you, if you call yourself a Jew, if you call yourself a Christian, if you will, for our sake, if you rely on the law and brag about your relationship to God, okay, you hear what I'm saying here? If you know his will and approve of what is superior because you are instructed by the law, you have the word of God, you have the New Testament, Okay? You're a Christian, you have the New Testament. and you talk about your relationship with God, and you know His will and you approve of what is superior, the Word of God, because you are instructed in it in the, by the law or in the Word of God. If you are convinced that you are a guide for the blind, okay? because of, of all these other things, a light for those who are in the dark, An instructor of the foolish, a teacher of infants, because you have in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth. Okay, you're familiar with the New Testament. You're familiar with the Word of God. And so you're looking at yourself, you know know what? I'm a guide for the blind. I'm a light to those who are in darkness. I'm an instructor of the foolish. I'm a teacher of infants, because I have in the Word of God the embodiment of knowledge and truth. You then, who teach others, do you not teach yourself? You who preach against stealing, do you steal? Now, please don't get the idea here. Okay? Don't get hung up on the sins he's picking out. Because what happens then is, what we do is we go, well, I don't steal. <laughs> I'm off the hook. Uh, oh, I don't commit to adultery. Oh, okay, I'm off the hook. Uh, Uh, I don't worship idols. Mm, Okay, I'm off the hook. There's plenty more in there. He just doesn't name them. Listen, you who preach against stealing, do you steal? You who say that people should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who brag about the law, do you dishonor God by breaking the law? That's the key. You who brag about the Word of God, the New Testament, the things that Jesus the things that that Paul taught the things that Peter and James and the apostles taught but I'm going to tell you particularly what Jesus taught in the Gospels do you brag about the things that Jesus taught do you dishonor God by not doing them as it is written God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you now i'm not folks this isn't (laughs) i didn't i didn't come here to blast you today i came here to remind you of who you are to remind you of who you are to remind you that every bit of behavior that you exhibit when you are out in the world. It will either bring honor to God or it won't. There are no half ways. There are no, there's no middle ground. It will either honor God or it will not. He says, as it is written, God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you, and he's, he's speaking to the Jewish people, but we have to take that in. We have to, okay. Just think about that. Just think about that on a personal basis. Not, I'm, not about the stealing and the adultery and the idols and things like that. Think about, think about what you do. Think about. I'm just gonna. I'm just going say something, just as a, just as a caution. Just as a caution. Can I just. Can I just be like a father to you? I'm not the, I don't think I'm the oldest. Well, I know I'm not the oldest person in here. But I'm. I'm maybe number three. <laughs> As I look around, I'm I'm maybe number three, number four maybe, I don't know. So let me just be, just let me give you some, whether you want it as pastoral advice or whether you just want it as fatherly advice, be careful what you put out on social media. Pictures, the words, and all of those things. And be careful that what you put out there doesn't bring dishonor to God because there are Gentiles, there are unchristian people who are reading it and they know who you are and what you stand for. Just be careful about that because I know in your heart you do not want to have the Gentiles blaspheming God because of something that you have done. Our lives are to bring honor to God. Our lives are to honor Him in such a way that it will draw people to us and eventually to Jesus. May our lives and our actions bring Him honor in everything that we do. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your Word. We we all... And I mean every one of us. Myself included. I I include myself in all. (laughs) We simply need to be reminded from time to time. That we live our. And we walk our Christian walk. And we live our Christian lives. In front of the world. And Lord. You call us. You call us to a life of holiness. You tell us, come out from among them and be separate. And then you turn around and say, you live in the world. Love the world, love the people of the world. And so we have that tension of loving the world but not being a part of it. Not falling into the trap of thinking that we can, the more we're like the world, the more they'll be attracted to you. No, the more we're like you, the more they'll be attracted to you. So Father, I just pray that you will reinforce in our spirits the need to walk in purity and holiness by the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, I just pray right now for the ministries of this church that you have allowed us to be a part of. <coughs> I pray, Lord, for EE uh, e. Prison Ministries, for Brother Art and his, um, his ministry, Lord, and thank you for the lives that are being touched, the uh, hundreds and hundreds of lives that are being touched in that in prisons around this state and around the country and even now internationally, Lord. We thank you for allowing us to be involved in that. Uh, we thank you for allowing us to be involved in Love serves and the work that they are doing in the Dominican. And we thank you for the thousands of souls that are being won there every year. Thank you for being, allowing us to be involved in that as well. We do pray for our missionaries, for Chris Garris and for Todd and Shelley Marks. We pray for Chris in Thailand we, and for Todd and Shelley in the Middle East. And we know, Lord, that they are on, on very fertile ground. They are, they are in, in a mission field where there are many, many opportunities to share the gospel. We ask that you would give them strength, that you would give them patience, that you would give them the fire and the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to communicate with, with these folks so that they might come to understand that their eyes would be opened <coughs> to the glorious truth of your gospel. And then Lord, we thank you for the ministry of our daycare here, and we thank you for how you have been blessing it and we, Lift it up to you, and we just ask you to continue to use it and bless it as we share the love of of God through Jesus with each one of those little children. Thank you, Father. As we leave this place, will you, by your Spirit, enable us to be wonderful representatives of the Lord Jesus here on this earth? For it is in his name we pray. Amen and amen. Folks.